Your tutelage has come to an end. You're ready. For what? To move from the theoretical to the practical. You and I, we are the only ones we can trust. That's your final lesson. Welcome back to A Stark Contrast, where we discuss the differences and similarities from Marvel Comics to their MCU counterparts. And we are your hosts, Jeffrey. And Die. Hello, hello, and welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Yes. First real episode of the year. Yes, our first character Crazy. study of the year. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, so if you hadn't tuned in yet, we did our, we, we started 2024 with our Mini Marvel number 12, uh, which we did on camera. Uh, yeah, check that so out. Check that out. Please. On YouTube, if you uh, would be so kind, uh, and stream the episode as well where you get your podcasts. But um, speaking of Mini Marvel 12, do you remember how you mentioned the Ryan Reynolds caption on the photo that he was like prisoner? Yeah, blah, yeah, blah, blah. yeah. So yeah, <laughs> we actually got uh, one of our supporters on Patreon, Nats actually uh clarified that whole thing which we could have easily done ourselves but it was was pretty cool to actually get this chime in and so nats wrote um the thing with the ryan reynolds photo she says i think that it's 24601 uh and that's the prison number of jean valjean and les mis so do you know that's funny you know les mis Mis rob and that's the role that hugh jackman played not sure that not sure what the joke was though that is basically the joke <laughs> is that he's a musical buff and he was in that musical and so ryan's like prisoner two four six oh one and that's that's funny yeah so that's that, a call that that's, makes total a, sense. that's a nice little uh yeah, cheeky callback it's cute yeah and I, I totally forgot that he did that and he was in i believe the theatrical version yeah yeah, of yeah. The musical so so yeah that's kind of awesome uh with thanks Mar- for with that mary Nats. jane yeah, that's very true. <laughs> I'm sorry, Michelle Jones. Michelle Jones. Um, yeah, so so that's what that whole thing was about. It's such it's like a Hugh Jackman deep cut, yeah. which I appreciate. Um, but yeah, uh, it it was fun to record again on video. Um, yeah, yeah. It it took a lot of work. I mean, it was yeah. But uh, it's definitely a different like <laughs> mindset of being like like oh, okay, we're on yeah. camera. For sure, yeah. So we'll see what we do moving forward. But thanks to everybody who tuned in. Um, but yeah, speaking of Ryan Reynolds, uh, Deadpool 3 has officially finished shooting. So the film is slated to release on July 26th of this year. So the countdown is on. What would you say to that, Jeff? That is literally less than seven months away. Is that insane for production? Uh, well, I mean, we obviously know that production had to be stopped. Yeah. Um. We obviously only know. Well, I mean, I've seen it. I've seen like some of the like the set leaks. Yeah. So those ones were shot on a physical set. Yeah. So there's probably other parts of the movie that I'm were being sure. shot on yeah. a stu- in a studio that we yeah. don't know about, obviously. Yeah. Um, but seven months. Yeah, to do all the post all the post stuff. And, yeah. I don't think that's not uncommon. I think. Yeah. Maybe it's a little bit um, accelerated because of the strikes. Yeah. 
Um, but seven months, I would assume that's a solid amount of time. I don't know how much time that would also be for be for VFX because VFX should be getting yeah. a lot of time. They were probably like the moment they film something, like immediately. Yeah, that's usually how it goes. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's usually how it goes. As soon as a day a day of filming is done, yeah, you get those dailies in either yeah at the end, like towards the end after that's wrapped, or the morning after, mm-hmm. and then that next day, while another day of shooting is happening, an editor, an assistant editor, is touching mm-hmm. the previous day's dailies and creating that story. Especially because you know, like with Deadpool in particular, his mask is animated so it's 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 got all these subtle little yeah. eye widening the brow lifts and such so i'm saying whatever you can get to the vfx artist as early as possible mm-hmm. that's like the best your best bet. so wild yeah. yeah so that's gonna be exciting so we'll have the film in in literally uh seven seven months time crazy so wild it's gonna be great uh but of course while Deadpool is done, the marketing for Madame Web is really heating it up. It is. <laughs> so they're Gosh. dropping like high quality pictures of the characters now, which is just funny. I, I yeah, I, I literally put LOL in my notes. Um, but uh, but yeah, so that movie will be here before we know it. Less than a month to go until that drops. Uh, should be interesting. Um, but what I really wanted to talk about before the show here is that daredevil born again has officially begun or picked up shooting again so they're officially back in production from Uh their long hiatus on on uh, due to the strikes and um yeah that just started earlier this week and so a lot of news is dropping as far as that's concerned as well because uh you know fans were wondering like who else now that they've more or less confirmed that the netflix shows are quote-unquote canon yeah are any of these characters coming back? And so word is that, yes, Deborah Ann Wall, Eldon Henson, and Wilson Bethel are all reportedly returning as Karen Page, Foggy Nelson, and Bullseye, respectively. Woo. And Bullseye was the one I forgot that I wanted the most that I didn't even realize. Oh, like, of course, they, mm. they could bring Bullseye up. I don't, did you make it that far, season three? Ooh, not, not in depth. I probably oh, dabbled gosh. a little bit, yeah. but like nothing that... Not in depth to where sure. I remember it off the top of the head. But you remember Colin Farrell. Yeah, of course. <laughs> bullseye. Okay. His bullseye, I mean, they were both good in their own right, but like Wilson Bethel really brings... I've heard. Oh, yeah, he's yeah. great. Yeah. So if and when you go back to, to actually get into that that season, uh, he absolutely kills, kills it. it. Like, no pun intended. And he's fantastic. Like he's truly fantastic. Um, so so that's really, really exciting because, you know, the news about Wilson just hit, I think it was yesterday or today. Yeah. We're recording on a, on a Wednesday. So so that's fresh off the boat. Love that news. Um, and of course, uh, you know, John Bernthal is coming back as Brent Castle. So I'm just like, all right, Jessica Jones, any day now. At this yeah. rate, they just might as well be like, gang's all back, like yeah and just keep it all grounded too it's just like all right yeah. here we go yeah yeah they don't have to they don't have to do any big uh celebratory like welcome back just just give them a little confirm and then that's it we're good yeah uh and so yeah before we we start up uh just a last reminder that the marvels is um available on digital and will be streaming on Disney Plus February 7th. So if you have not seen the film yet and you don't want to buy it, it will be available in about a week and a half. So enjoy it. I'm seeing all those people that were once 
shunning it. <laughs> now being like, oh, why did I wait so long to watch it? I wish I saw it in theaters. Like, nah, really? Dude, it's really good. I can't wait I for know. it. I know. It's so wild. So excited to watch that again. Um, but as we proceed into our first character study of the year, just a reminder that we are not experts and we don't claim to be. We're just a couple of nerds nerding out. And in this episode, we are going to nerd out all over Maya Lopez. Woo! Echo. Yeah. So, uh, created by David Mack and Joe Quesada. This is like one of those modern age uh, dream teams of sorts. Really big names. Joe Quesada, of course, is the famed Joe, Joe Q, who was editor-in-chief of Marvel for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and uh, David Mack has been long instilled in, in the uh, Marvel Universe himself. He's a very... He's known for his very layered artworks. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll show you some as we go along. But uh, David Mack actually took the helm of writing a lot of this era of Daredevil mm-hmm. that we're actually going to talk about today, specifically Echo. Um, but first, I don't know if you scrolled down, Jeff, but do you do you want to give an approximation guess of when you think Echo was created? Oh, when? Yeah. I didn't see. I scrolled right past it. So it was oh, all good. blurry. Yeah. When Echo was created? Yeah. I feel like she's a, a newer character. Oh, gosh. There's too many decades. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to go with a decade. Okay. Is that too? No. <laughs> 2000s? So close. So close. Because Uh, I'm sure it's what's calling back to you is like, for instance, our our good friend Jessica Jones, as we were just talking about, she was really, she was created in 2001, for instance. Yeah. Right. So this is like a a, a new age sort of turn of the century, if you will, creation of characters that came about. And Echo predates Jessica Jones. Oh, 90s? 90s. But the, the very end of it, 1999. Oh, so, okay. So Echo's first appearance uh, was Daredevil number nine, cover dated December 1999. Quite literally before oh, wow. 2000. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, this was volume two of Daredevil uh, of that era. And so, yeah, super, super... Uh, she's been in the game for a minute. Like, this, this will be her... 25th year oh yeah which is actually kind of that's insane kind of, yeah, to think crazy, about. yeah yeah um and again she predates some of some of the characters we we've come to know and love you know kamala khan like uh carol danvers as captain marvel like mm. all of these characters in at least in some versions have not come until after echo and so it's it's interesting with that because i did notice that a lot of a dialogue that you know some of the <laughs> some of the lesser than male fans Uh, that had some things to say about this character at all getting focused was like oh you know woke and broke type thing (laughs) and it's like my dude she's she's been around since 1999 what are you talking about yeah yeah (laughs) you know it's it's very interesting and so so anyway yeah she she arrived in daredevil number nine um and uh, I did some research as far as the price goes. Not going to make you guess because that's uh, 1999 is kind of weird. It was probably 325. 325. Yeah, I was going to prob- say like a buck 70 no. or something. Well, that that would have been generous. It's I would say at the closest maybe 225, 250. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, it's but it's definitely around there. We're not talking like 25 cents anymore. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it was still in a sweet spot where where comics like deluxe versions 
with glossy paper would cost a little bit more, but um, for the most part, they were they were all under three ninety nine. Um, but if you want to get this book graded, for instance, Shortbox has a CGC 9.8 for $499. Uh, not too bad, uh, especially yeah, yeah. considering it's 25 years old. Uh, there's a signed version. Um, there's a version signed by David Mack for about 900 Uh, and then there's one that's signed and sketched by David Mack. Uh, for 680 so I'm not sure how that worked out uh, I, maybe the grades were all the same so someone just wants to get more bang for their buck um, and then on eBay you can get a 9.8 uh, graded for 950 almost twice as much on sh- as oh, wow. on Shopbox. so again the eBay folks are just like cha-ching um, and then similarly a signed and sketch version on eBay is 1500. So, Oh my gosh, it's quite literally double the price. So if people don't know any better and they're feeling the hype of like, I got to buy something. Yeah. yeah they yeah. don't know short box. Oof. They're getting really, they're getting completely jacked. Um, and then on the other side of the spectrum, the, the great thing about this book only being 25 years old is that the quality that you can find is relatively great across the board. You're not going to get a 0.5 or 1.5 anywhere. Like Mm -hmm. all the books are either going to be raw or 9.0 and higher. Mm. So you can, you can shop around and get a pretty good quality. Um, The lowest that I found on Shortbox was a (laughs) 9.0 and you can get that for a hundred bucks. So if you wanted to lock in a good investment, especially with Echo, boom, hundred bucks, you could get a 9.0. Um, on eBay, there was a 7.5 floating around for $89. Not too bad. And then if you just wanted to own the book, you could probably get it for about $50 to $65. So if you like this character, great deal. Good to go. So, <laughs> I mean, this is a no-brainer. Is this is the show or is Hawkeye your first exposure to Echo? Hawkeye, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. That's wild. Yeah, it, it was interesting because, you know... Uh, I knew of Echo from Daredevil as well, the comic books, mm. but I, she's not exactly a character that I would have imagined they would introduce her into the MCU before so many other characters at all. Got and, it. You know, not that she's a sub character or anything. It's just that, oh, that's an interesting choice type of deal. Um, and uh, yeah, it was, it's, it's kind of awesome to think about that. They took the route that they did, and we'll examine this a little more as we go along. But um, in the interim, I do have uh, a description from a trading card. Um, I'm not sure which set this is. I think it's like 2006 or so. This is going to be interesting for you because okay. there are quite a few differences. And Let's hear it. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be fun. So Echo, real name Maya Lopez, first appearance Daredevil, number nine, 1999. Powers and abilities. Maya can duplicate any physical action that she sees, ranging from musical performance and ballet to martial arts and weapon use. Maya is an Olympic-level athlete. Because of her superhuman powers, she is a highly talented pianist, music composer, artist, ballet dancer, boxer, martial martial artist, and markswoman. Maya is deaf, and her reliance on visual cues renders her vulnerable in the dark. Huh? (laughs) <laughs> she's basically that first yeah. two couple sentences was basically she's a taskmaster yeah ding 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 when you look maya up traditional maya comic book maya on google whatever have you it'll always say taskmaster 
they liken her to Taskmaster almost immediately. And that's how she is in comics. Her powers are quite literally that. She can replicate anything. So <laughs> Jeff's like mind blown. Yeah, it's very, very interesting. And so for people who are familiar with Echo and the character that she is, to have been introduced to her the way that we were in Hawkeye, it was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Um, and then they kind of piled it on. And then that's why in the series itself, it it, it, I don't want to say it greatly deviates, but it is quite different um, in some aspects. Overall, it does build on top of an existing sort of lore and just explains more things that was missing. Yeah. But that is the largest, the biggest stark contrast when the character comes no, to that's... mind. Because she does not have that in, yeah. in, in, in the any, show. In no. any part of the show, no, whether it's Hawkeye or, yeah. the, or her show. Yeah, like she's Olympic and she's athletic and a boxer. Yeah, like and, even, oh, she's all even, that, even but, in Hawkeye, like yeah. um, <clears throat> when it came to like powers, I was like, oh, like Echo. Yeah. Like she's she's just deaf, but she's like a, she's a brute because, yeah. uh, you know, she just kicks butt. So mm-hmm. I'm like, that's fine. Like you don't need like mm-hmm. super, super human powers yeah. to like be considered a hero yeah so I was, I was like okay and then when we talk about it later in the show when we get to the show yeah i'll be like i was like, oh okay yeah. like she's she's this now yeah. I was like, okay yeah. so yeah it, we'll get into it yeah, to- sure. towards the later part of the show but it's yeah, yeah. it is crazy but it, still nothing compared to her comic yeah powers nothing. quote unquote it's, it's very different and you know even even when it comes to the name aspect of it, you know, they do touch on various versions and, and meanings of what the word echo means. But that is essentially, at the, from the get-go in the comics, that's kind of the starting point of why she is named Echo. But they actually don't really harp on that version too much. But um, let's start at the beginning. So... From the get-go, yeah, the general characteristics are spot on. Maya is introduced, like, to the version that we do see on screen, she's introduced as a deaf daughter of William Lopez, uh, a member of Kingdom's... uh, Kingdom's? (laughs) Nice. Kingpin's large crime network. I was thinking of Kingpin's kingdom for some reason. That's fair. (laughs) Which it is. And then... um, in the comics, however, her family are of the Cheyenne Nation, indigenous peoples of the Great Plains. Whereas... In the show, she's she's introduced as Choctaw. Choctaw, yes. Choctaw, and so uh, we'll we'll get into that in a bit. But um, like we just said, one of the major differences in the comic and the cinematic versions is is not only her powers, but uh, that historically, you know, the 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 tribe that they've pulled her from is a different tribe, and so Sydney Freeland who directed the series um she shared that you know native american tribes have have pretty much like throughout film and television and pop culture as as a whole they've all kind of just been mashed together right Mm. and that's where the whole indians comes from like they just call them indians it's like well no that's there's different tribes exactly right and so you know not only are they native americans but they're indigenous peoples and so when sydney sydney freeland took on this this whole task of okay how is she going to tell the story of an indigenous um tribe and specifically this one superhero and not just lump her in as you know like a traditional indian if you will yeah she wanted to give her more body um 
a body of story and and background and so she changed uh echo's background from cheyenne to choctaw and then um she was quoted saying uh we leaned into the specific specificity of her being from one tribe only to give her a fresh start and we and given we had Choctaw riders in the riders' room, that meant she became Choctaw instead of Blackfeet or Cheyenne. Mm. So they just really wanted to they, like really get to the nitty gritty details of a certain tribe rather than just generalize her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is totally fair, and I yeah, think yeah, it's yeah. great. It's a great, especially because they are people who understand it's not just like a bunch of people who are not of that that background writing things that they think are cool yeah or they've learned over time you know it's 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 great the authenticity is there and so um so in the books they don't really i feel like they didn't harp on too hard about her being of the cheyenne people but they do generalize a lot they do they did did they were a little guilty of of kind of using um like teepees and shaman sure on a very small like let's just tell the story and then move on but but it they did her great service in the series by building on top of that yeah that's kind of what i meant when i said earlier and so beyond her heritage um although although maya was born deaf she was born um with an innate ability to pick up attributes and skills and so this is the again. This is the oh. biggest difference. So from from birth, she was deaf, and as she started to grow, the one thing I hated about this origin story is that they liberally used the R word. So she was regarded as retarded throughout oh. many of the origin stories, and so she'll she'll in the comic in the comic she'll recollect that as a kid. Even Kingpin says it. Like mm. she's called the retarded girl, which is like, oh my goodness, this like, would never wow. fly. Yeah, it like, would damn. never okay. fly. And but of course they correct, they course correct themselves in the book, and they say it's because she is deaf, and it's it's just a simple thing of that people weren't as open to understanding that about mm-hmm. her, and so like the show, she does kind of grow into her her herself a bit, and people understand her, whereas other people just continue to ridicule her for her disability. But in the comics, yeah, it's soon found out that she's got this addictic memory where she can just see something and then immediately she knows how to do it. Wow. So uh, it allows her to mimic anything. There's this really beautiful portion of her origin where she realizes like she watches a pianist as a as a baby, like her class went to go see somebody play, yeah, perform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the pianist is playing and she walks up. She's like, I don't know, four or five. (laughs) Walks up to the piano itself and like almost like puts her hands on the piano to feel the vibrations. And you can see the thought bubble. The way they depict the teacher is like, (laughs) it's like the, the... the monster from Monsters Inc. that has like the glasses and she's like a worm or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. almost looks exactly like that. <laughs> and she's like, you could see like she's she's uh, speaking and she's like, Maya, get away from there. And my young Maya is just beautifully drawn and just like has her eyes closed and she has her hands on the piano. And then no sooner does the pianist finish, Maya gets up on the chair and does the exact same yeah, thing. Yeah, she does the exact same thing, you know, front, 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 uh, beginning to end. And so they realize, oh, she's not our word. She's actually a savant. Mm. And so, um, 
the skills like allowed her not only to pick up talents like dance and music, but then as she grew, she could also learn. She learned how to read lips. Uh, so <laughs> interesting. Yeah, because it, there's this the way that they depict her deafness in in the comics isn't very depicted at all. Mm. She has speech bubbles like everybody else. Yeah. So what they've they've essentially said is that through her ability, her addictive memory, she she learned how to read lips and therefore learned how to speak. And so I tried to really find like did anybody super duper clarify what she might sound like, but I didn't find anything. And so she doesn't do the signing thing. She doesn't, I mean, she has in, in more modern books, especially now and in some of the later tail end of, of when she was recurring as a character. Yeah. But they don't do any of the sign language stuff. It's just straight up speech bubbles. And I was like, wait, is she deaf in this part? And I had to like really think about it. I was like, wait. Uh, but yeah. And so she's, she's using her deaf voice to speak. Okay. Out loud in the comic books, especially in her first origins. Um, and so, yeah, it's... It's um, it's a very interesting take in how they, they, they showed that expressiveness. And so the story is very familiar uh, the more you get along. Like, William, there's no tracksuit mafia involved in this version of the story. Oh, okay. they, that was actually a pretty genius, like, convenient way to tie it all together in Hawkeye on the show. Uh-huh. But in the comics, William is essentially, a, he's given this, he's given the nickname Crazy Horse. Uh, which is like, <laughs> it says a lot about him. And also it's an, a, a callback to the legendary crazy horse of, mm-hmm. of Native American history. And so William, is he basically derails in his position uh, in Fisk's empire. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's basically a liability. So what does Wilson Fisk do with liabilities? Kill them. He kills them. So... Fisk himself pulled the trigger and William, you know, as he's, you know, he's like pleading for his life. He's like, I, I can fix this. I can fix this. And Fisk is like, oh, nah. no. <laughs> and so he, he barters with him you know, with his last breath. He's like, just take care of my daughter. Take care of my daughter. And he's like, he uses the art word. He's like the retarded one. And it's like, <laughs> oh my God, these guys that were <laughs> like, David Jeez. Mack, what were you doing, man? I get it, but also, oof. And so he goes, yes, yes, Maya, just please take care of Maya. And he's like, I promise. And then he shoots him and he kills him dead. My goodness. But Maya doesn't see any of this. And, and uh, you know, uh, it's it's like kind of like the show, if you remember it. Uh, he places his hand on Maya's cheek as he's dying. And then there's a, blood print of his hand on her face and it's 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 really cool because like in the comics how did she describe it oh they they it's a recurring line in the comics and it goes he puts his hand on my face then it falls lifeless and he leaves me with only an echo so huh. she, yeah so she roll think- credits yeah, <laughs> exactly and she constantly thinks of this when she's recollecting her childhood because she's left with an echo of her father that's all she has left of him mm. so again they're picking up all these different versions of what does echo mean it's more than just her mimicking it's the fact that that's all she has and hears quote-unquote of her father is just an echo of him um so so yeah so fisk uh, he he does keep his word and he raises Maya 
but to be the competent partner that William could not be. Yeah. And so he leans into the artistic, um, you know, skills that she clearly has. He, he makes sure she goes to the best schools, not unlike what we're seeing on screen. And so <laughs> the thing with, we have not seen yet, and this is where, where things could get dicey moving forward from, from the series is that in the books, as convenient as for Fisk, he concocts this like perfect storm by by telling Maya because again she didn't know that she didn't know how her dad died. Yeah. She just know that somebody shot him, and so Fisk is like Maya. <laughs> Maya, do you want to know <laughs> who killed your father? Exactly. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so, what he had essentially done was set up Daredevil to find this this uh, secret safe that Fisk had at one of his safe houses or whatever, and he took surveillance photos of Daredevil getting this money out, this gun out. Takes those photos. He's like, "You want to see who killed your father?" And he s- serves her the pictures, and she's like, "He's like that gun that he's holding." It's her father's gun. It was like a trademark. Her father. It's a gold gun. Like it's very. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he concocts this and, and imagines this entire story that. And you have to imagine like it's, it was twenty years ago. Like her dad died twenty years ago when she was a child in the comics. Yeah. And so Daredevil must be in his forties or something. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, it really it really like kind of dates the character a bit. But given Fisk's age as well tracks but but yeah so she is then led to believe oh daredevil killed my father i have to go kill daredevil and that's essentially what gets her to be his his like little lackey you know like she's she's got a purpose now yeah and with uncle fisk uncle wilson's you know yeah uh guidance she can she can go get the man who killed her father and so uh in the comics she comes to know the truth over about five issues after he he makes up the story and then not unlike the show she ultimately shoots him in the face but instead of just the one eye he loses both eyes oh funny it's so crazy Ironic. like the last picture of the comic he's like yes he's got two patches all over his eyes he's like, Maya. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's and, and so that's that's what happens in the comics at least when it comes to her origins and so uh, we'll jump over to MCU land. And so Maya Lopez, of course, portrayed by the amazing Alakwa Cox Woo! and by Darnell Bissaw as a child. And of course, Darnell is Alakwa's cousin. Yes, I, I saw that. Yeah. And so they're, they're, that's why they look so similar. Um, first seen in 2021's Hawkeye. Can you believe Hawkeye three is years ago. three years ago? Holy smokes. I fell in love with Haley Steinfeld three years ago. That's crazy. <laughs> Only three years ago? Well, that's like that's when it like deepened. Okay, well, yeah, deepened. she's gorgeous. Um, <laughs> last seen in this year's Echo series with episodes directed by Sydney Freeland and Catriona uh, McKenzie. Uh, and then I wanted to also add featuring music by Dave Porter and a shout out to the featured stunt double for Maya, Caitlin Deschell. So, so again, if we backtrack to Hawkeye, they the the entire function was introduced with the tracksuit mafia yeah the bros yes. which is marvelous because like I, again like we've we've covered the tracksuit mafia in our hawkeye episodes 
And they were very much a very separate group of people. They didn't have anything, or at least not much, to do with Kingpin, let alone Maya. But they really pulled them together very marvelously. Um, and so as far as Maya, Maya's part in Hawkeye... Um, she encountered Ronan in the flashback and then Ronan, quote unquote, killed her father and the gang and she swore revenge. Um, then she finds the Hawkeyes, tries to get the Hawkeyes <laughs> and then she confronts Kazi, who is portrayed by Frafri. And then that show is just filled with a bunch of lies. Was- yeah, the entire thing. Everything is just, every action is based off of lies. Yeah, every single one. It's so wild, right? And yet it was so, it was so comical in its own way, but yeah. Violence and lies. Violence and which lies. Which now you think about it, it's, that's pretty much every comic Street book. level. It's pretty much every comic book. Yeah. On demand. So yeah. Yeah, and so like the, all the manipulation that goes on between these characters is, is so wild. And so, yeah, so... Hmm. When she confronts Kazi and then he tells her, like, what, did he tell her that it was Fisk? She, he did, right? I think so. I feel... Yeah. She discovered somehow, but she was, like, guided. Yeah. Um, oh, she, no, 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 no. No? Um, uh, Clint told her. Clint, oh, duh. Yeah, because yeah, like, they, they fought in, like, that um, junkyard. Yeah, yeah. And then he's signing one. with her. Yeah. He's like... We have like you're yeah. we're, we're, you're fighting the wrong person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, he's like, what is he? he's like? Ask your boss. Your boss is the one that put the hit on your dad. Yeah, yeah. And the, which essentially leads her to Kazi. Yeah. Who then, of course, is like, well, it's Kingpin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so I, I didn't. I, I'll just say right now, I did not include Kazi in anything beyond this point mm-hmm. because, like, uh, it's yeah. Again, like they, they kind of had like. You could feel there was sort of like a romantic thing going on between them, but nothing was really acted upon. He was just very much her sort of confidant. Yeah. As far as that all goes. But again, he was also manipulating her for Kingpin, you know, so meh. Um, But yeah, so it's not long after that that she goes, she not only kills Kazi, but also goes after Wilson Fisk. And then, yeah, the the whole shooting of the face and (laughs) how everybody was like, was he, is he dead? (laughs) But it's like, and it's like, well, no. did you see him die on screen? <laughs> There's no proof of the pudding. I no. still don't know what Wilson Fisk's superpower is and why he's so invincible. He's just a big dude. I know that's why. I'm like, he's just a big dude, but I'm like, <laughs> he doesn't have any. Dude. It's not like he's Thanos or something or no, an alien. He's exactly. a human being from New York. That's what's so awesome about him. But I'm also like, that's also <laughs> that's also like, like the, the the fantasy of yeah. And like why why it's like so fantastic. It's like it's yeah. taking place in the real world, which you believe. Yeah. But you're also like, wait, this is a superhero world. And you're like, yeah, but yeah, he didn't die. He's a big, that's a big guy. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it, you can't help but wonder like, what did he do? Did she kind of like flinch? Like there are so many scenarios in which like, what's the, like, what's knew, the margin of error? Yeah. And I know he's, I know it was a superhero like world when I saw, <laughs> when I saw Wilson Fist throw, um, Kate Bishop that hard when they were fighting oh and I was like I was like, oh, okay yeah I was like I don't know if I believe this and I was like oh you know what I don't need to believe this. like this is this tossing is, her around yeah, like yeah. A I, was piece like, yeah of this, I was like yeah he's strong that he's guy, strong he's at yeah. least like six seven well, the one that really kills me is when he just straight up rips the car door off. yeah that's when I was like really yeah but then I was like ah, who cares I, like, ah. I mean like it, that's why I kind of do love that it, that he was kind of buffered right like because he came 
he came through in Daredevil and then he just disappears for a long time. But then we get introduced to the, into the Spider-Verse version where he's just gigantic. A humongous yeah. specimen of a person. <laughs> he's literally 15 <laughs> and I was like, feet tall. Uh, whatever. Like, <laughs> he's, he's got like a cubic circumference of like 429. You know, he's huge. Yeah. He's huge. And then we come back to this Hawkeye edition of, of Fisk and he's... Kind of almost bigger than we remember. Yeah, he felt more padded, and it is because not to not to stray too far off the course here, but the fact that Vincent D'Onofrio is a tall guy, but he's not big. Yeah, you know, and so the fact that he has to wear the body padding, and they do give him the gigantic white blazer, and then he's yes. wearing this freaking Hawaiian like if shirt. I, like if I ever <laughs> meet, had the chance to meet Vincent D'Onofrio, yeah. I'm expecting to look all the way He's up. tall. Yeah. He's tall. And I'm gonna be like, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's got a presence about him. Let me tell you that much. But yeah, it's it's interesting because yeah, he, they they do sort of, they, they sort of emphasize his his bigness. <laughs> like I don't know what's another <laughs> word I'm saying. Gargantuan. He's just gargantuan of a man, but not not necessarily fat he's just big he's a big yeah and so it's reflected in his power but but yeah so the to think of like how he must have maneuvered to get shot but not shot so precisely that it went through his brain and all that stuff you know what i mean yeah cool but again that's a story for another time he's a powerful man but yeah so once once you know maya believed that fisk was out of the way she was then enabled to destroy his operations and so that leads us to the echo series as it is and of course we'll talk about it throughout this episode so um for the moment i wanted to dive into uh her powers and paraphernalia so so again she she possesses this photographic memory and photographic reflexes essentially eidictic memory and she's capable of perfectly duplicating any physical movement um so this is, I mean, there's just no other way to say it. She is practically Taskmaster. So if she sees their Daredevil throw a baton, she can throw it exactly like Daredevil. Huh. If she sees him catapult off of a building, she can do it too. And all the way up through just, again, the speaking mannerisms, she can pick up anything. So she learns how words look if she just sees it once and so she it's can crazy. look at somebody and be like oh she knows what you're saying and she can reply because her lips can mimic i would love that power it's kind of wild That's kind of right? a cool power it's pretty cool yeah and uh what's funny is that i believe cindy moon has a little bit of it as well she has a bit of eidictic memory so it's an interesting facet for a spider you know what i mean for yeah We'll, we'll hopefully cover Cindy Moon one day, but uh, yeah, it's it's very interesting, and not many characters have that. Uh, even the super spies, you know, they don't they don't have that. So she, so Maya is a, in a very small pool of of heroes or anti heroes who who fall in that um, category. But uh, on the MCU side, so before I even get there, spoiler alert: if you have not watched all of Echo. It's only five episodes. What are you waiting for? Watch it. <laughs> Watch it. Uh, in the show, uh, so again, series director Sydney Freeland, she shared that, she shared with Variety, actually, that she felt Maya's comic powers were, quote unquote, kind of lame. And so rather than Maya echoing others' abilities, she wanted to have her display a different power, echoing that of her ancestors. So... 
we only get a glimpse of them in the series finale, especially like you're each episode is great because again, there are only five, but you're introduced to each generation of the Choctaw family, at least when Maya is concerned or sorry, Choctaw ancestors, because they're not technically like direct relatives. They're in the lineage, but they're not yeah. like one after another, yes. immediately after another, another. And so... Um, yeah, each episode is named after a different ancestor. So, so yeah, we only get the the culmination of all those powers, like in the what last five minutes maybe, <laughs> of the show. Pretty much the last yeah. quarter of it. Yeah. Yeah, the rest of it is really much like kind of she's stumbling into different facets of of different ancestors, but it's just Maya being a total badass. Um, up until not even up until literally the definition of the power of yeah. my ancestors. Yeah exactly right flowing through me yeah yeah exactly and so uh so yeah we see her uh she in the last episode she's she's able to focus and channel uh the powers of her her ancestors but specifically using her mother's ability to heal which she does which she uses on wilson fisk so it's kind of like oh that's right yeah. yeah so so that's the question now is like thoughts on what she did to him like what do you think she really did to him and also how do you th- how do you pers- how do you feel it about reminds that? me of the what happened in um the marvels actually when they were when they, when they went into the memories together yeah the three of them yeah so i'm like is it something like that like oh, that she has the power to like to like unlock a certain part of someone's mind that's like that defines who they are and Ooh. why and why they are the way they are. That's interesting because that's also what Professor X did for Wanda. Yes. Yeah. So it's like interesting. And it's like 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 let me get inside your head because yeah. what like what memory or what event is makes you you. Yeah. And it's always that one specific moment. And for 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 Fisk, it was seeing his being home with his mom and dad and, and mm-hmm. his dad always beating his his mom, his mom yeah. and just being abusive and stuff and he's mm-hmm. like all right mm-hmm. like no no more of this and that's when he becomes like a violent person yeah so so do you think she do you think she uh because you know they had that conversation and and do you think she helped him revisit it so that he could get past it do you think she absolved him of that I think she guilt? helped him. I think it was basically giving him like a third, a third, a third. Uh, what is it? Like a third eye? Not a third eye, but just like a like a third person view of that event being mm. like because because when you experience it, you're kind of like like this is what's happening. This is why this is this is why I am the way I am. But when you see it from a third person's perspective, you're kind of like, whoa, yeah, like that's. When you're witnessing it from another, when you're witnessing yeah. from it, you know, because yeah. and you're like, like, dang, that was that was me, and like that's, yeah, that's what I did when I like at that time, yeah. And then when you come out of it, you're kind of like, what, what did I really do that? Yeah. So now it gets you thinking, yeah, of just like who you are, yeah. and take a step back. So right. maybe it could be just that, yeah, yeah. It's it's gonna be interesting because you know, like I immediately got the idea the 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 idea that she sort of yeah kind of uh awoken his sensibility about it like or like re- relieved the anger in him mm-hmm. in some way and and so 
because he's like <laughs> it's kind of like also it's kind of like when in in guardians 2 when mantis touched gamora right and she was like you feel scared yeah and so you never see gamora cower and nor do you see wilson fisk back down from anybody so the fact that he's left like going what did you do to me and he's like literally like cowering away from her and almost like in shock of the things that must have been emotionally like coming over him i feel like he's never been in that situation before that's why yeah. Because he's only dealt with like street level street level street level <laughs> heroes. No one that's yeah. no one that's like intergalactic or yeah. someone with powers like that. Sure. So he was probably like, What just happened? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Yeah. So so yeah, we're we're kind of left with this open endedness. Uh and it'll be interesting to see the full depth of, of what she did to him. Um so for the meanwhile, we'll jump into aesthetic. Um, and so you can see Jeff on our dock is actually quite spot on <laughs> as far as her look goes. I, yeah. I mean, of course, in the comics, she's a bit more rugged, a bit more edgy, if you will. Um, so in the comics, she's got her hair up. She's got the, the, the handprint on her face at all times for the record. So that's a big distinction difference between the two is that you never see Maya, you almost never see Maya without the handprint on her face. So it's not not like a tattoo or anything, but it's a very tribal sort of ritualistic thing that she does. Yeah. Is to remind herself. Um, and then she's got these wrappings that are bindings that are around her arms and, and on a thigh. And she's wearing, of course, she's wearing the, the tube top. Little tank midriff. Top. Yeah, midriff. <laughs> you see her abs and she's got a belt and black jeans on. But that's that's very much for the most part her her outfit in, yeah. in the comics. Sometimes she has like um, bird feathers in her hair, but other than that, that's pretty spot on. And then of course in the MCU, black leather, very cool. She's always had that, even in Hawkeye. And now with the Echo series, she does have that tribal circle just over her heart area. Um, which again is also pulled from from the comics. So they did a, a pretty great job. Um, and you know, of course, not unlike the, the Black Panther films, the proper representation and authenticity was crucial to the project. So the Choctaw Nation of Oklahoma, along with advisors from an organization called Illuminative, um, Native woman-led racial and social justice organization dedicated to challenging the narrative about Native peoples, were all consulted on the representation of the Choctaw culture, legends, and history portrayed in the series. So they were not messing around. <laughs> they were like, we're going to do this, and we're going to do it correct yeah. and right and, and authentic. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's pretty great that they've done this. And again, it's a very strong, very dedicated representation of, of the Choctaw people in pop culture, especially not only just pop culture, not only just Marvel, but like in the world, which yeah. is kind of, insane like this is 2024 but better late than never just i mean yeah and so um along with uh the costume designer amber wrigley various members of the series teams work directly with the choctaw people to ensure the proper representation of the tribe and and so we um not only are we do we see it in every single episode we also see different eras Yes. Which is really cool. That because, was really cool. Yeah, like, you know, with you see the origins and and also the um 
gosh, what's the proper name? The the light horseman, the the sharpshooter. Like you see that era, you see all these different versions of the same lineage of ancestry, and it's really cool. Uh, Down to the final suit that Maya has, that's crafted by her grandmother. Yes, which is really cool. And again, very authentic. Nothing, nothing hokey. It was. It felt good. It felt very real and and done the way that i imagine it would be right like the fact that her grandma put the craft in yes. to create something for her that her yeah. mother then sort of leads her back to really pulls the whole the whole series together too so uh so kudos to that the the entire team on that and so we're gonna dive into family friends and affiliations so i i mentioned to jeff that this section is going to be interesting if only because there's not much to say (laughs) (laughs) um which you'll be actually kind of mind blown about but uh let's start out with uh william dancing horse lincoln so i said lopez at the beginning of the show because uh on the show itself his name is william lopez however in the comics Uh. his name is William Lincoln. Mm. And so there's a very interesting facet about this character is that uh, he he's not quite as lovable or genuine as he is depicted on the show. And he even says in the comics, he when he introduces himself, for instance, he'll be like, yeah, my name is William Lincoln, you know, like the president on the money. <laughs> like, because he's very money. On the money? Yeah, like he'll <laughs> say like on the, on the bill because the, he's so like obsessed with like money and power. Sure. Yeah, and so originally he's known as Dancing Horse and so he is of the Cheyenne Nation um, in the comics. And so it's later revealed that he's given, he his Dancing Horse is then changed uh, to Crazy Horse, and it's in a look. It's a Lakota uh, nickname given to him by his friends. And again, it's a nod uh, to the famed 19th century war leader of the same name, um, but not for the same reasons per se, but because he's crazy. <laughs> and so, as we mentioned at the top of the episode, William was a part of Fisk's crime network, ultimately dying directly by his hand uh, after not being able to meet expectations. And so Maya was approximately nine years old when he died uh, in the comics and the bloody handprint, exactly like the show. Um, and then, you know, speaking of the show, he's portrayed by Zahn McClarnon on uh, Echo, the series. And uh, similarly, he is, of course, Maya's father and he's he's a commander of the tracksuit mafia, <laughs> which is interesting because, yeah, again. Yeah, it took, it took me a while to put two and two yeah. together, like especially at the... At the flashbacks of the show, yeah, and I was oh, like, he was doing something. He was doing like a deal, right? Yeah, and then I was like, I was like, what is he wearing? And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, oh, okay, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, ah. street gang, Draculas. <laughs> yeah, they're funny. funny. I, I love the tracksuits so much. They're so dumb. <laughs> so, so yeah, they they kind of like it gave them like a goofy flair of like we're all together, but it just makes sense i don't know i can't explain it um but yeah you know on the show somewhere down the line william gets roped into the work uh uh, that wilson fisk is doing in the underworld and so uh very similarly to the comic it kind of starts with with william just wanting to be a good father to his daughter and provide for her and the only way he can do that is with money 
because she is deaf. So money. she needs <laughs> money, 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 please. <laughs> That's all we freaking care about. Yeah. yeah. And so he, he, he figures out, okay, well, what can I do for easy money? Well, I can get it the bad way. And so, you know, we see a lot of, um, they, they kind of describe the scenarios that they actually show us in mm-hmm. Hawkeye and, and, and in Echo. It doesn't help that the shows are named after them because it's almost like I'm talking about them singularly. <laughs> but for instance, like the, the scenes where we're first introduced to, to Maya and her father when they're doing the shadow puppets and stuff. Yeah. Totally from the comics. Like that's how he taught her. He homeschooled her, so to speak, in Indian sign language by by telling her stories through shadows ah. so it wasn't enough like it you know again as a father he wanted to really get her proper schooling so both versions of the character are like well i gotta do dr- deal drugs or whatever it is <laughs> and ah. so yeah ah. <laughs> get a real job no <laughs> so he goes to work for fisk uh so so yeah so it is revealed However, that William survived the snap along with Maya and other members of their family, mm-hmm. as well as Kingpin for the record. And he was, quote unquote, killed by Ronan in 2018, as far as the official timeline is concerned. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that was essentially the last time we saw it, which is kind of weird to think about. I was like, oh, yeah, it's 2018. That's <laughs> to think of that flashback. Oh, the, oh that, the Ronin stuff? The Ronin stuff. I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. my gosh. Clint went on a tear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not unlike in the comic, for the record. Um, so, so yeah, so th- that that's that's her father. And so it's interesting because they do introduce both parents which is sometimes rare for marvel characters but in the comics they're usually <laughs> oh i mean There's usually somebody, it's always broken but there yeah. was like a unhealthy balance exactly right in that <clears throat> mom and dad well, relationship they don't let you down in the comics because that's exactly what happened uh-huh. and so while we're introduced to this lovely couple with a, a very uh, unfortunate series of events in the mcu on the comic book side there is ms lopez she doesn't even have a name. She just is Damn. known as Ms. L- <laughs> She's just known as Ms. Lopez in the comics. And so there it is. William Lincoln and Ms. Lopez. It's her last name in the comics. The mom's last name. Ooh. So Ms. Lopez, Maya's mother, was a nightclub waitress who at one point encountered William. Okay. <laughs> And uh, not long after, she was pregnant. Wow. <laughs> yes. Oh, my god. It'd be like that. And so <laughs> she has a very incredibly limited presence in the comic books. No first name, one appearance to her credit, and one mention to her credit. They do not talk about this woman at all. Oh, my gosh. Um, so in the comics, despite leaving the family when Maya was a young child, she left the family for the record. So so I didn't get to this reread until... Um, I, I literally read like 30 comics just to put this all together, but Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I really went for it. She uh she essentially could not take the stress of having a child that was disabled. And she couldn't take William's aloofness on top of it. So she was like, I can't deal with it. Quite literally, and then just leaves. Oh my gosh. It's it's messed up. <laughs> yeah. So she just takes off and they never see her again. Wow. Yeah. So she's listed. If you were to look her up 
in the character registry. She's listed as alive, but no one's looking no, for her. No, yeah. Yeah, so she's who cares? Nobody cares. So in the comics, her mom is still out there. Yeah, she's somewhere. But uh, but yeah, so that's yeah, and so that's it. That's it. She's gone. But meanwhile, on the MCU side, yeah. we're introduced to the lovely Taloa Lopez. Yeah. Uh, portrayed by Katarina Homesh. I forgot her last name. Her, her last name is pretty awesome. Gervogel? Gervogel. Is that French? I don't know. It almost seems European in some way. Gervogel. <laughs> I need to look this up. What kind of last name? German language surname. Da. Yeah. <laughs> Da is Russian. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so I'm cultured as hell. Yeah, you are. <laughs> You're so worldly, Jess. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the lovely Katarina, she portrayed Maya's mother and apparent heir of the spiritual mysticism passed through the Choctaw descendants. So, uh, I also wanted to toss in honorable mentions for the said descendants uh, who... Uh, portrayed the the ancestors and so there was julia jones who portrayed chaffa the first choctaw uh morningstar angeline who that's a sick ass name isn't that cool i love native <laughs> american names indigenous people with the best names morningstar angeline who portrayed loak the stickball player yeah which is an intense episode i know i was like wait this game is kind of intense right yeah. now <laughs> It was interesting because at that screening that I went to at the uh, the Autry Museum, someone asked, like someone that is not of indigenous people, was like, "Is were were the Choctaw really that?" And it was interesting because she used the word uh, "violent," and and the represent the representative from the tribes was like. Oh, you know, it's not necessarily a violent act. It's just very intense because they're the literally, yeah, yeah, the game itself, because they're they're quite literally trying to defend them being there. Yeah, they don't want to be outcasted and and moved I mean, away. yeah, it's a pretty. The stakes are pretty high. If yeah, you exactly. lose, you you leave, you right? You have to leave. Yeah. yeah, you leave your home and you're outcasted essentially, and you're left to fend for yourself without the support of those tribes. Yeah. So it was. It was. Yeah, that episode was so intense, and so yeah, Morningstar Angeline is the amazing uh, front woman for that one, and then Danny McCollum who portrayed Tuklo, the first female light horseman, who mm-hmm. again is the one that was more westernized, and she braided to her hair which was only known for the male light horseman yes. yeah, she was yeah, the yeah. first female yeah very very cool um so so kudos to all those lovely women and then uh so unfortunately for taloa she met her fate after a car accident just because what was what did she want she wanted hot chocolate maya she's like maya oh, wanted hot chocolate yeah. and they were out yeah Ugh. and then somebody cut their brakes yeah so really somebody was looking for or her her dad probably did a, a bad yeah. deal yeah. and was like, all right, yeah. you don't want to give us whatever, the money. The money. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, even even throughout the episode when it was coming together, the the uh, Taloa's parents who were also present in that scene, yeah. like the mother is very cold to William because she's like, I told you he she shouldn't marry him because of his past. Or yeah, whatever what, he's he invo- was, what he's involved with. What he's involved with, yeah. And so that's a... Uh, unfortunately a perfect example because it not only resulted in taloa dying but it also resulted in maya's leg being amputated yeah so that's also notably i didn't mention this before but she's not an amputee in the comics she's only deaf so So, alakwa brought that to the table 
ah. for Echo. Oh, uh, okay. Because she is she is an actual amputee, uh, Alakwa is, but the character canonically is not. Got it. She is now. Because it makes sense. It totally makes sense. I think it, they did a great job incorporating that. Um, and, and she's obviously such a, again, she's such a badass that you're just like, damn. Yeah. She's really. I agree. Yeah. And so, <laughs> as I've said for now the third time, this is the part where it gets a little interesting. So, given the weight of how much they decided to take a focus spin, not only on Maya, but the heritage of the indigenous people as a whole, it should serve as no surprise that many of the characters were introduced to in the series have no comic book counterparts whatsoever. Wow. <laughs> so all of these people that we're about to just mention and maybe talk a little bit about, and this is what I mean by the series, none of them have comic book counterparts. So let me just riff them all off. So Henry Black Crow Lopez. So there's a there's a vaguely similar name in the comic books, but this is William's brother. No comic book counterpart. Chula, no comic book counterpart. Scully, no comic book ca- counterpart. Um, but he, uh, this is the grandpa for the record. He kind of does have some of the same wisdom that a shaman that Echo encounters mm-hmm. um, does in the comics, but still no count- comic book counterpart. Bonnie. No comic book counterpart. Biscuits? No comic book counterpart. So there's nothing to, re- to go back. Biscuits. So yeah, so we can talk about these folks. Um, whatever comes to mind, Jeff. But yeah, Henry Black Crow Lopez, portrayed by Chasky Spencer, uh, Maya's uncle and brother of William, and he's the owner of Skate Life, <laughs> the the roller skate yeah. rink. <laughs> Rip. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, Chula Batiest, who is portrayed by Tensu Cardinal, and so that's the grandmother. Uh, Scully, who is portrayed by Graham Green, Maya's grandfather. Um, Bonnie, portrayed by Devery Jacobs, and Ren Zawa... Zaonim Gotts as a child. Uh, she has a little more meat to her background as well. She's Maya's cousin and a member of the Tamaha Fire Department. Yep. Um... Again, Bonnie is also one of the few people who survived the snap as well. Uh, and then Devery herself also voiced fan favorite newbie from uh, What If Season 2, Kahori. So that's awesome. And then Biscuits portrayed by, you want to talk about a cool name? Cody Lightning. His name is Cody Lightning. Now that's <laughs> now that's a name if I've ever heard of Right? <laughs> Cody Lightning who plays Biscuits. Yeah. Ka-chow. So, yeah right um yeah so so yeah what did you have a favorite episode i mean when you when when i think when i see these like these specific characters it's always um you need to like have like a like a a nice foundation around like your main character yeah and i think especially one who's like so gray yeah she's very gray yeah and it's like it's like okay like yeah she's in she's in new york and kingpins around but you're like okay well where is she, like, where does she originate from? There's like, you know, there's no way. Like, yeah, she's from, she's, she's a descendant of Wilson, of, of Fisk and everything. Yeah. So to go back to her roots. Her and real everything, roots too. Her real, yeah, yeah, her real roots too. And yeah. see the people that she technically grew up with. Yeah. Or like when she was a child. Yeah. And just get to know that part. So I think it's cool because then it's like that foundation is now like being like, hey, like this is like who you really are. Yeah. Um, like whatever you were in New York, like, yeah, that, that could be you, but don't forget where you really came from. It's one of those, like, you know, tried and true stories. It's like, yeah, like, don't forget who your ancestors are. 
I thought that that's what I think I really did like about it because it not that it would even come close, but I it wasn't performative at all. Yeah. It had a very strong foundation of yes, of like she was the kid that you know you suspect would just went away because yeah. of this she went to new york she made a new life for herself but really it's so much deeper in that that she was taken away and she did grow up you know with that man in his environment and her dad for for what it is worth because he did die as an adult yeah when she was an adult rather than a child in the comics and so for her to then have to go back to kind of like almost like the scene of the crime to revisit her journey yeah yeah and it was like her like when she came back mm-hmm. it was like her like, like tugging at the rope of just like it's like i still need to be who i am mm-hmm. but then it's also like like oh i've lost connection with my past yeah so it's like i'm using like she originally went to her hometown just to 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 do it to do a job she's like i'm only here for a couple yeah. days da 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 yeah because she didn't even want to text Bonnie. Yeah, like, yeah, it was yeah. So, it was so surface But then she finds out that... Um, oh, my God. I keep forgetting his name. Henry? Yes. Finds out Henry's involved yeah. with the with the fist trains yeah. and stuff. Yes. And you're kind of like, oh. And she's like, okay. Like, yeah. <laughs> don't make me do this. And then, yeah. blah, 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 blah. You yeah. know, bang, bang, bang. Bang, bang. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, yeah, it's it's very interesting because she, she has this sort of like goal in mind. And then her goal is completely derailed. We're not even completely derailed. There's some inconvenient conveniences that come into play. Yeah. Like Henry and like Henry being involved with a thing and how that then spirals into, oh yeah, also her grandparents at some point split up. Yeah. They're separated. And and why is that? What happened? And then all this stuff happened while she was off in New York being a freaking yeah, yeah, tracksuit yeah. mafia. <laughs> You know, it's so interesting. And so it's it is very much like that coming of age story, like you just said. Like they're they're really refining like the this is who you are. Like that person that you grew up to be isn't necessarily you. It's, yeah, like I like I like those characters in um in Marvel movies where it's characters like like Chula and mm-hmm. Bonnie, where yeah. it's like it's like, yeah, we've all changed, but we don't forget who we are. Yeah, that nailed it. And it's like, so good, like come on, like yeah. Yeah. You know, so I like those characters that ground the main character yeah, when they rooted. when they stray off too far from the path sometimes. Yeah. So. Yeah, and <laughs> I just want again. I, I I said this in our mini Marvel, but I love biscuits so much. So innocent. And he's so pure. Yeah. And 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 what I do like about him because he kind of almost reminded me a little bit of Ned in a way, but he almost seemed more useful than Ned. <laughs> Not to knock Ned. And and his dynamic with Peter, but like sure. he was he was goofy, but he was very proactive in trying to really help her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like he had this very like Zach Galifianakis like yeah. sort of humor to him too. <laughs> like and no question too, he he, he would help her no and matter what. He would what. just help yeah. her, yeah. And like him in the car or the truck, and him just thinking like, oh, grandma's gonna kill me. Like, <laughs> like what am I doing? Yeah, here? but he's he's still like rising up to like she's showing up for her yeah even though she's completely bonkers you know what I yeah mean? she's using him yeah, yeah and it's it's so wild and so i i kind of liked again i love street level characters and how grounded they can be especially like things like that like in any other movie 
like you wouldn't get that sort of dynamic and yeah. like realism to it let's be frank mm-hmm. um and so i i loved like the rest of the characters i do love like each part that they did play because you do have like her dad who is who is the echo the memory of of what was and then um everybody else who follows to remind her like oh there was the past wasn't all that bad you yeah. lost your mom you lost your dad but also you had us and you had your family and you grew up with essentially your sister because mm-hmm. that's what she does call her at the time she's yeah. like you're my sister um and you know it, it's it's great because again it brings it all back to the heritage aspect and so i feel like versus the comic where it was just like here's her dad her mom left, but now she's an echo. Yeah. You don't get any of that backstory at all that they filled in. And again, the ancestry. So it's very important. I think. Yeah. Yeah. They did great. Um, did you have a favorite episode? Was there even, or is, did you just love the entire thing? Uh, I mean, as a whole, because how the story progresses yeah. from, from the beginning to the end. Mm-hmm. But I think that comes to mind mm-hmm. uh, where, uh, oh, the when they're stuck in the in the in the skating rink yeah yeah i th- I, I enjoyed yeah. that because then i thought they showed a lot of violence in it too which i was like i was like oh yeah. they're showing it i was like 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 when the when the guy got shot and yeah. everything i was like oh yeah they really went for it and yeah, I'm, yeah. again i'm glad because i mean everybody was worried about the what what the nature of the show was gonna be and when they said mature they delivered yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I enjoyed that episode a lot yeah um obviously and that situation kind of sucked let's be honest oh yeah i was like oh no how are they gonna get out of this yeah, this is horrible yeah um or even when they when she encountered daredevil too that was a fun fight oh my god i was like i was like wow this is a, <laughs> this is a daredevil you should have heard that crowd oh really <laughs> I, I may have been the loudest person because it was like a 400 seater so it was pretty small yeah but I, I didn't know when to expect daredevil no, same i had no idea and what so when he popped up i was like i was like, oh shoot <laughs> <laughs> yeah but I, I speaking of him i i loved that introduction i just loved how also they presented him right because that's present time right that's supposed to be 2024 yeah right? it's, it's like during so yeah. so you have to think if i forgot where it falls i think echo is right before she hulk so you have to think that technically red suit daredevil comes before red and yellow suit daredevil apparently but he was not snapped so right he wasn't snapped so he's kind of had all this time to figure himself out as daredevil so he comes in with this sort of like very nuanced like he knows what he's capable of the tone of his voice was like intense it was actually intense because like what does he say to her he's like i've been watching these guys yeah 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 <laughs> and then you came along and you messed it all up yeah like the, i was like the daredevil quips i, I was, was like, like oh my god let murdoch your back yeah <laughs> i loved him so much and and their fight also is incredible and like i mentioned in our mini marvel alakwa mentioned she's like that was my favorite scene to shoot and the entire series was my fight against daredevil um and yeah, it was just so good. And they they also so much fun. It was so much fun. Yeah, I I I I don't want to say that that was my favorite part. It was definitely a favorable part because I am a like huge a moment, it's a huge fan. favorite moment for sure. Yeah, but I I too just love the entire the way that it 
intensified with each episode and, and how they really delivered. And it made me believe in a five episode format series. Honestly, because I, I know we talked about this off mic a few times before the series dropped. I was like, oh, man, it's only five. <laughs> but it actually fit the bill. I think it was perfectly structured in that way. And it didn't need three more episodes or felt like it lacked in any way. Yeah. You just kind of want to see more. But it yeah. didn't lack anything. Yeah. So that's I think that's pretty solid. Um, so are you ready for your one and only pop quiz of the episode? Oh no. This is gonna be an interesting one because I, I wanted I am curious if you retain this. So <laughs> <laughs> what was the name of Biscuits' pet dog? No. <laughs> he says it a few times. I know. <laughs> no. <laughs> See, it's these little like nuanced questions that get me every time. And it's like, gosh. He's like, come here. Like, hey. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I can't even think of a name. Yeah. Snuggles. Snuggles? I don't know. <laughs> so. No. He says, come on, Billy Jack. Billy Jack. Billy Jack. Get in the truck. We're going for it. Yeah. yeah. So I thought this was what resonated with me at the screening because, uh, you know, I, I, again, I wouldn't have caught this at all. But being in a crowd that was predominantly Native American. Yeah. Immediately heard reactions when he said, come here, Billy Jack. And people were like, oh. <laughs> and I was like what did I miss? Yeah. I was like, I didn't, I felt like Captain America. I was like, what, what reference is that? <laughs> I didn't get that reference. And so I looked it up and of course, uh, it's likely a callback to the 1971 film based on a mixed race Navajo by the same name, Billy Jack. Uh. And so the synopsis reads, ex Green Beret, Hapkido expert saves wild horses from being slaughtered for dog food and helps protect a desert Freedom school for for runaway. I don't know. What, <laughs> I don't know what I wrote that, but yeah. So it's a it's a 1970s movie called Billy Jack, and so it's it's a it was a tremendous like success as far as I well I don't know if success is the correct word, but it was a a prominent part of Native Americans in pop culture history. So. Yeah, so the older folks were like, oh, Billy Jack. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's really cute. So I, I immediately was like, I got to look this up once I'm out of here. And so, yeah, so that was that was his dog. Mm -hmm. Wow, wow. It's okay, Jeff. <laughs> I'm getting worse and worse. <laughs> You're starting the year strong. Um, it's okay. Snuggles, Snuggles is here to that's save cute. the day. It's a cute name, though. Yeah, it is cute. <laughs> <laughs> so, notable adversaries. Uh... Maya has a pretty pretty decent list of enemies uh, in the comics, ranging from the Hulk, Claw, Madam Mask, Claw, Moonstone, Viper, Silver Samurai, Ultron, even Titania. Oh my gosh! Can you see her? Can you imagine her fighting Titania? <laughs> so funny. <laughs> so um, that said, we're just going to concentrate on who we've seen her go head to head in the MCU so mm -hmm. far, and so of course at the top of that list. The one and only Wilson Fisk. Maya. Maya. <laughs> so funny. It's like Come ASMR. Come home with me. <laughs> I love that. And I so promise much. to 
give you everything <laughs> you want. <laughs> I always think I know what Vincent D'Onofrio sounds like <laughs> because of Wilson Fisk. And it's never and that. And then you hear his real voice and you're like, oh, he doesn't sound like that at all. At all. Not even tonally. And I have you seen the Magnificent Seven remake with him and Chris Pratt? No, I didn't. It's actually, I loved it. I don't think it did as well as they hoped it would. Yeah. But his character was my favorite character in that film. And he's so good. Like at that point, I think only season one of Daredevil had come out. Or maybe not even that. Like I think I saw, because they were both in Jurassic World as well. Mm. And so it was right on the piggyback of that and, or, or right before it. And, and I remember being like, this dude is so versatile. Like his voice, like he's a true yeah. character actor where he can really change his voice. And Wilson Fisk, I always forget how phenomenal it is because it doesn't sound like him. Yeah. You know what's messed up on my end? Hmm. I have Wilson Fisk, his version of Wilson Fisk, so ingrained in my head. Yeah. Like the three seasons, yeah. this show. Yeah. And I'm like, what else has he been in? Oh, he, you've probably seen him in that's tons why of that's stuff. That's why I'm like, yeah. wait, I definitely you know, yeah, I know <laughs> his movie. I just, but I, but I'm, I'm so ingrained in a bald headed, big, mass dude that I can't think of any other role that he's yeah. big role that he's been in. Okay, let's let's look very quickly. Let's look at what Vincent D'Onofrio has been in, and you're gonna be like, what the Full Metal Jacket, Law and Order. Echo, Daredevil, Men in Black. Okay. The Magnificent yes. Seven, The Cell, that's with J Lo. Okay. Jurassic World, uh, Hawkeye, Mystic Pizza, Lift, Dumb Money with Sebastian Stan. Okay. Escape Plan. Yeah, definitely Full Metal Jacket then. That's probably the one. Yeah. Death Wish with Bruce Willis. Possibly. Uh, Chips, the modern remake. Oh yeah, with um Dax Shepard. Yeah. <laughs> uh let's see what else. The Irishman Pele. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if you saw Pele. The Unforgivable. Yeah. So he's, Bullock. he's definitely been in rom coms, probably. That yeah. I think a couple where I'm like, that's Vincent D'Onofrio. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And MIB too. So he was in, in both of them. Uh yeah. yeah. Okay. So so he's all over the board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's but I'm just he's so wild. It's like it's like it's like a Chris Evans thing. You're like, what else do I know Chris Evans at? But you're because like <laughs> you know him as like he is Captain America oh, yeah. Steve Rogers. He's but then you're like, I always tell people, I'm like, have you guys seen not another teen movie? Oh my god. They're like, it's so no. Good. They're like, no, I haven't. And <laughs> I I'm love like, that movie. watch it. Yeah. And then be like, is that Chris Evans? And you'll be like, Yes, it is Chris Evans. <laughs> that man has a banana with whipped cream sticking out of his butt. Yeah. In that movie. And Maraschino Cherry is on his boobies. Yes. That's Chris. That's Captain America. <laughs> it's so funny. That's why I'm like, yeah, dude. holy. Versatility. <laughs> Versatility. So that is very true when it comes to Vincent D'Onofrio. And I promise you, you've seen him in more stuff and you're just like, yeah. what? So in the comics, Wilson Fisk. So again, he is also very deeply rooted in Maya's life. Um, and he evidently met Maya's father when he was 19. It is mm. it is very interesting when you read the story from Wilson's perspective because he recollects it differently as anybody would, right? You hear that that's the phrase that like there are three sides of a story, yours, mine, and the truth, right? Yeah. So from Wilson's perspective, 
he he of course kind of like trudges through his really broken childhood and, <laughs> and how that affected him and how he deserved more and took all of new york all that kind of shit. and so um it's what i thought was really interesting is that are you familiar with ben michael jackson's ben Ben, the two of us need not no more. A song? It's a song. No, not Ben. Okay, so... Billie so, Jean, but not... <laughs> so Ben was a song from the Jackson 5. Okay. And it was about a rat. And okay. it was a pet rat that I guess... <laughs> I don't know the full scope of the backstory, but I believe it was also based on Michael Jackson's like childhood friend. And so, ironically enough, I don't know if this was intentional or not, Wilson Fisk, growing up, you know, they lived in a dilapidated apartment. Mm-hmm. They were poor, but uh, Wilson was always hungry, and so he ate and ate and ate, and he was a chubby little boy, and his dad was awful, and his mom got beat all the time, and so he had no friends. Yeah, and so he essentially befriends a pet mouse or rat in his apartment, and he's aptly named Ben, <laughs> like. The Michael Jackson song. <laughs> so, oh so he goes through this this particular issue, re- re- recollecting how he had grown up quite literally from childhood until he was nineteen, and William Lopez, William Lincoln, was his first human friend. Oh, uh, super dark, super sad. Whoa, yeah. And so, when the mouse or the rat—I don't remember what it is—when it died, he once again felt like he had nobody. And so it didn't help his mental state. And so, yeah, it isn't until he's 19 that he realizes, oh, I can have human relationships. <laughs> <laughs> and he finds that in William until William, of course, spirals out of control and, you know, gets in over his head. So so that's more or less what he, why he really did take on adopting Maya under his wing because he owed William that much. But it, he very famously says in the comic that he enjoyed having William around because he, quote unquote, makes me look sane. <laughs> so if that gives Damn. you, yeah, if that gives you any indication of what Crazy Horse was like in the comics, yeah, that's the line right there is that he made, he made Fisk feel like he looked sane. <laughs> so that, that's a very different dynamic when it comes to the show, uh, the show's um, version of, of William Lopez. Um, but of course... Wilson Fisk, portrayed by the the amazing and great and incredible Vincent D'Onofrio, um, and of course, you know when it comes to Maya, he co- uh, she is co-raised by Kingpin, refers to him as uncle. Again, you get the sense that Maya had taken situations into her own hands mm-hmm. under Fisk, so she kind of just grows into this position. Yeah, um, and she, yeah, she she. Follows in her father's footsteps with the tracksuit mafia, bro. Um, and one of the most messed up things, however, like it's it, this is the interesting thing, and this is also another thing I wanted to talk about when it came to the Echo series, is that despite everything he says and how much he cares about Maya, he can't even fully commit to learning ASL. Yeah. So crazy. Yeah. And I love that they there's an intentionality with that sort of power move. Um, but again, he did equip her with some technology that she, yeah, but that thing like, probably costs Meh. like hella money. I know. 
you know that costs like five million dollars costs so much money i mean i <laughs> like sure the thought's there but it's like yeah you probably could have spent like a thousand on just asl, ASL classes <laughs> exactly and would have been Once much easier yeah exactly and he couldn't he couldn't even do that and i said i said it in our in our mini marvel our last mini marvel like mm-hmm. ASL would be a sick language to learn. I know. Let's do it. Uh, <laughs> let's do it. Once, I mean, there's another reason why you should read Hawkeye, the the Matt Fraction one. Yeah. They put a tremendous amount of ASL in it. That's sick. Because he is deaf. Right? Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, to, to kind of bind these two stories together, Hawkeye and Echo, it's interesting because at the time of the publication of these stories of, of Maya's, again, they didn't really adopt the asl aspect yeah i feel like that was something more more prominent in and because of the matt fraction series because if you do jump ahead and you do read the more modern comics featuring maya yeah now they're actually doing like they do the little lines to swoop that she's signing something Uh, okay if she's talking to another deaf character so so i'm like oh see now they're putting in the effort speaking of effort right um and so yeah you know with with fisk uh the the weirdness of their relationship in that he also gifted her the hammer he killed his father with. (laughs) (laughs) It's so bizarre. Um, And uh, yeah, like we mentioned above uh, earlier, you know, he's essentially taken down by Maya and her ancestral power, uh, leaving him in Vincent's own words, an enlightened man. Mm. So to what extent, we do not know. However, there is a post-credits scene in Echo Episode 5 at the end of the series, and Wilson Fisk is considering running for mayor, like in the comics. So they really that's uh, big. It's a big deal. They're really adapting to, to the comics, man. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big deal, and it touches so many characters just him being in that position like i just it's unreal i just think of the first spider-man game yes. insomnia game yeah and i'm like man yep yep exactly right but then imagine the scope of that even broader because again it touches everybody in that city so whoever's whoever's moving into stark tower them the street level kids. What if it's Fisk that bought Stark Tower? That's the thing. That was one of the theories is that it could be the Fantastic Four and the Baxter building or it could be Fisk and it could be his his domineering like empire growing his climb, as mayor. His climb to be mayor. Yeah. Exactly. So. Hey, maybe we'll finally get a, you know, a Spidey Daredevil team up. Oh my God. Please. Against, against, against Fisk. Please. It's not going to happen. Team Red. Yeah, I know. We would sooner get Daredevil. Sony would rather create (laughs) my damn web. (laughs) Freaking A. I can't win. (laughs) My once, my once like whole thing of like, I'll never see the X-Men in spandex is now like, I'll never see Spider-Man with anybody else. (laughs) He's just going to be in his own movie forever because of Sony. No, it has to happen. It has to happen needs to happen it has to happen like tom holland <laughs> and charlie cox yeah need to be yeah in the same room <laughs> in costume in costume yes. masks off Masks. <laughs> <laughs> i mean per the contract yeah. they got to show that money maker yeah so so fisk becoming mayor will definitely 
that's going to shake some stuff up. Yeah. It's going to shake a lot of trees. It's going to touch a lot of different heroes and, and their day to days. And yeah. It's yeah Daredevil's going to be insane. <laughs> I can't, well, I can't wait. And so, um, uh, as for the rest of Maya's notable adversaries, uh, we've coasted through a variety of blurred lines. And speaking of gray area, you know, first with the family, then the adversaries. And now, well, the love interests have also been minimal adversaries. Oh, so <laughs> love that. This section is going to be fun for you. This is interesting. So, first on the love interests lists list, I didn't really want to include him in here under this category rather than the adversaries category. However. Clint Barton. All right, immediately weird. Hawkeye. <laughs> yeah. Immediately <laughs> Again, weird. Again, comic book Clint is so different. But um, so now while Maya debuted in 1999, she took on a different moniker in the new Avengers, particularly, ep- uh, I was going to say episode, issue <laughs> number 11, cover dated November 2005. So she's been in the comic books at that point six years. This version of Maya, she was, so she was Echo from the get-go, right? Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> I didn't even plan that one. Hey, hey. Wow, the immediate impression on your face. Let them know, (laughs) die. Echo from the (laughs) get-go. Just rolls off the tongue. So good. Um, okay. So she she had always been Echo since her introduction, but in 2005. A new version of the character, so to speak, was created by the ever-popular Brian Michael Bendis. This mm-hmm. is the creator of Miles Morales, for the record. And artist nice. David Finch. Uh, Maya took on the moniker... The, the director? Oh, David Fincher. Sorry. Yeah. No, I was like, wait. Yeah, they're two different people. Yeah. Very close names. Like, if I always have to do double take. I'm like, David Finch? I'm like, wait, David Fincher. Yeah, yeah. So, David Finch. Um, they Brian and, and, and David... Uh, created a new version or introduced a new version of Maya in which she took on the moniker, first person to take it on for the record, of Ronan. Interesting. Uh, and so she predated Clint Barton. She was the person that had the moniker before Clint did and before Clint gave Hawkeye to Kate Bishop. Whoa. Yeah. So that's, that is the real reason why bringing her into Hawkeye the series made, made sense. perfect sense because they were like wait 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 why is echo here and, you're, and if you're a comic book comic book person you're like ronin <laughs> and it made sense so in the comics um they purposefully made the ronin suit to look the way it does it yeah. does very look very masculine okay. and so maya maya took on this persona and she did what Ronan does and what we know Ronan to do. And that's assassinate people, kill people, whatever. As one does. As one does. <laughs> <laughs> but as a as a completely anonymous individual to the point where you could not tell um, what gender they were. And it was on purpose. It was because they wanted, again, they wanted the anonymity of it. And so uh, she was able to get away with virtually anything she wanted. And so... Uh, just just for some background, Ronin, the word Ronin itself is Japanese for a vagrant samurai or a samurai that has no master. So this is particularly true for 
for Maya. Yeah. Because this is like when she's, you know, finding her individuality apart from from being, you know, Fisk's uh, pawn. And so, um, so yeah, so the identity was created of of con- for to conceal the person that was doing that, so they could do all these deeds. And so, Brian Michael Bendis himself cited that while the intention was to originally have Ronan be Matt Murdocked, Murdoch for the record, yeah, Bruh. yeah, 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 it was supposed to be Daredevil. It ultimately was written for Maya. Uh, leading into the new Avengers storyline involving Elektra. So um, this introduced Echo into this whole world of the hand and the samurai, the ninjas uh, and stuff. And okay. so, so yeah, it kind of took course uh, and took her, steered her into that way. But it was an interesting era in her life. And so because of her involvement with the new Avengers, this then put her directly aligned with Clint Barton. Mm-hmm. Very short-lived romance. I don't even know if you want to call it a romance, but that's how that happened. Hell <laughs> no. Nah. Yeah, whereas in the MCU, of course, Clint Barton, Hawkeye, portrayed by Jeremy Renner. And I just put on my notes, oh, yeah, that didn't happen. So <laughs> so that's that. Um, and we all know their dynamic and, and how he has a recurring... Um, cameo of sorts in the first episode of Echo just as a recap of what happened between them. But yeah, there's there's nothing more on that level. I'm, I don't think we'll see them cross paths again. If we do, it's just for him to help her, I think, or vice versa. Yeah. They'll feel, probably in good feel terms. feel like Hawkeye is just chilling yeah, now. Yeah, he's chilling like a villain. With Mockingbird, you know? Yay! <laughs> Bobby! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then next on the list, not really a surprise, Matt Murdock, Daredevil. So mm. this one's interesting because, of course, it does involve Kingpin again. So in the comics, during the course of Maya's introduction, she almost immediately encounters Matt Murdock as a favor to Fisk. So he plants her. He's like, I need you to do me a favor and then ensures that they meet one another. She like quite literally goes to Nelson Murdock and is like... I need help. Mm. <laughs> and so um, uh, the, they unexpectedly have phenomenal chemistry. And so, and, and I think this is also a surprise to Maya as well, but Matt falls for her. And it isn't until later that Maya discovers that Matt is also Daredevil. So <laughs> in this story arc, he he knows because he can she's not wearing a costume or anything and so she's going after daredevil and he's like oh my god it's maya <laughs> but then he's like <laughs> and then he's like matt murdoch and like she comes around and he's like <laughs> you know he's like on his he's like yeah 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 he's really tense and she has no idea why and she's just like hi matt and he's like <laughs> she's gonna kill me That's yeah funny. and so it really plays into like their dynamic a bit but yeah, she eventually finds out um, because they're fighting, and he he bleeds in a specific area that he was as Matt. It's like it's like the oh. the, the Spider Man Thanksgiving scene. Yes, when Norman catches like Peter's arm. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And he's like, Mwah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. The same bike, thing. the bike messenger. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And so it's the same thing. And and Maya then realizes, oh my god, you're you're Matt. And so, um, needless to say. Does not work out for them, mm. but they they do have recurrences where the you know they they're in the same place and there's that chemistry again and 
uh, when after that initial arc that she's introduced in, she goes away for quite a long time. Mm, it's like okay. maybe four years or something. I don't know. She's jumping around to other books and then they come together again. You know, of course, it's an epic rooftop at nighttime and and she's like the chemistry is pulling them together and she wants to kiss him. But he's like, I'm with someone else now. Oof. And she's like, oh. And then, of course, she disappears into the night. You know, it's like, it's very dramatic. Um, and then, of course, on the MCU side of the spectrum, our Matt Murdock, Daredevil, portrayed by King Charlie Cox. Yeah. Oh, Charlie. Um, also, does not happen. So, uh, it's, it's, it is, however, not completely out of the question. So, there's still room for this to actually happen in the MCU in some manner. I don't think it needs to. I don't. I, I don't need to see it. I it's don't. Not think, necessary. No, I don't think it's necessary at all. She is actually one of the characters that I, I actually don't think I, I don't think she needs a romantic, uh, partner. Strictly at all. business. Yeah, I like the family stuff. The family yeah. stuff's great. Um, and so uh, yeah, I doubt it, but we'll see how their dynamic uh continues uh with Daredevil born again. I know. I wonder if like the. I wonder if any. Other MCU characters will make any appearance that's not the Daredevil characters, you know? Yeah. Very curious. Very curious. Let's I'm go. Very, very um, like, I'm not surprised if Maya makes an appearance. Yeah. I, I, I would almost expect her to have a cameo of some sort, not unlike Daredevil. And Tom Holland. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Please. <laughs> just going to break my heart. All those episodes are going to roll out. I'm like, Spider-Man? No, no Spider-Man. Spider-Man? What if mm, what if sweating. or what if um <laughs> what if it just Ryan Reynolds pops out? Oh, it's gonna happen. It's just like randomly, just to be yeah. <laughs> just like for no reason at all. Like it doesn't need it. to have any reason. It's just like yeah, well. Oh, I could see I could see Deadpool rolling on screen in the background and being like, Team Red. Oh, my mistake. And then that's it. And then he just rolls off screen. Yeah. <laughs> like oh, I can see it. It's not gonna happen. It's fine. It's fine. I'll be dead. It's fine. Um, <laughs> it'll never happen in my lifetime. <laughs> And last on the love interests list. This is a big one, man. This is a big one. Mark Spector, Moon Knight. It's a very interesting. And so <laughs> uh it it sounds weird. I know it sounds weird, but if you see if you read the comics and you you kind of get the sense of it on paper, quite literally, it actually works. It weirdly works. And so the two encountered one another during an era, and we talked about this very briefly in our Moon Knight episode. This is the era where Moon Knight had three different alters in his head, and they were Spider-Man, Captain America, and Wolverine. So funny. So instead of the the Jake and Steven running yeah, around yeah, yeah. along with Khonshu, it was Cap, Spidey, and Wolverine. That's funny. What a concept. It was so bizarre. And he could then render their powers and yeah. all that stuff. They were talking to him constantly. And so in this series, Maya was working as an undercover stripper. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and Mark strolled in to, yeah, he, he was on his own mission of, you know, doing his own detective work, if you will. Yeah. And so she was undercover and she actually broke character to save Mark because he got into a pinch and because he's crazy and Spider-Man took over at one part. And, you know, you know, Mark as Mark does. Yeah. And so Maya sort of saved him. Uh, the two got closer over this like 
issue arc that was like almost six issues long or so. I, I want to say five or six. Um, and uh, Mark then enlists her. He convinces her to help him find the kingpin of Los Angeles. So it takes place here, which is kind of cool. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah, but uh, it's very strange. Um, <laughs> it's, a <little laughs> di- it's a little different, but it is a Moon Knight book. So it's got this interesting quirkiness to it. And especially with, again, Spider-Man, Captain Wolverine jumping around in his brain. Um, and, you know, along in their shared adventure, the two had chemistry. But Maya dies at the near tail end of the story arc. Oh, my gosh. Spoiler alert, she came back. Oh. <laughs> but that's They it. always do. Uh, Why did I even do. think about that? I know, right? She's resurrected later on down the line. Which, by the way, I did not write it in these notes, but she at one point did possess the Phoenix Force. What the frick? <laughs> And she's known as Thunderbird. Nice. Nice, right? Yeah, it's pretty sick. So so she she does come back. It's it's just comic book being comic book. But uh yeah. Uh not much after that. The 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 the, the series itself is only, I think, twelve issues total. She's in mm-hmm. half of it. It's good. It's a good quick read if you if you want, and you know, it's it's well done. The team's great, so it's worth a shot. Um, and of course, Mark Spector, Moon Knight, portrayed by the one and only Oscar Isaac, first and last seen in 2022's Moon Knight. So it's been two years since we've we've seen Moon Knight, which is really sad. That's crazy. Um, and again, there's no overlap at the moment, but uh, apparently Echo was pitched to make her debut in Moon Knight series as Mark's main love interest, not not uh, what's her name? Oh. Oh my gosh, why am I forgetting? Oh my gosh. The girl with the wings. Scarab. Scarlet Scarab. Scarab. Yeah, Scarlet Scarab. Yeah. So instead of her, they were pitching Maya be the forefront. Mm. Uh, Oh wow, that would be interesting. That would have been really interesting. And instead, they were like, we have a Hawkeye series coming. And they were like, oh. That actually works better. And so Yeah, I think it I think yeah, I think (laughs) it would. History was made. Um, so yeah, that brings us to almost was. And so while no other specific names have been mentioned regarding the final prospects of the role of Echo, it's been suggested that Alakwa had it from the get-go. Echo yeah. from the get-go. Yeah. Again. I'm pretty Des- sure, yeah. Despite- I saw that I saw that video where they're on that Zoom yeah. call and they gave it and they announced yeah. that she Super got cute. it. Yeah. Super cute. Yeah, they just posted it on on the Echo Social um or Marvel Studio Social. Yeah, so so she had it, uh, despite the numerous rounds of testing. Um, so yeah, I think they were. I think she did pretty great. And again, her first acting gig is Hawkeye. So dude, her and marvelous. her and Iman, like <laughs> killing it, killing like, it, man. And she's an amazing stunt woman. So yeah. it's just again, kudos to Alakwa. Amazing. And so future of the character in the MCU. What do you think? Well, she's a very ground level character in my opinion but now but she has these otherworldly powers now i keep calling them like spiritual mystical yeah powers so i i would very curious to see how that could play into Mm -hmm. a fight or a battle i guess but if she stays like in grounded stories like yeah the the rest of her tenure i'm like i'm okay with that like if it's like 100%. If it's only like in New York type of thing, oh yeah, like I'm okay with that. Yep, hard time. Yeah, um, but I I do wonder now like wh- where she goes from here since she has this newfound discovery about herself. Mm-hmm. 
Um, well, also, she didn't go back to New York with Fisk. Yeah. So now I wonder, okay, where where, where do you go from here? Like, like now you have these special powers, mm-hmm. but you're also not a part of that Fisk the world. Network. Yeah. Unless she has that revenge type thing going on. Which is possible. Yeah. Unfortunately, but like, maybe not, maybe not. She doesn't want to like fight Fisk. Now she just wants to help him. Mm. And maybe that's her choice to go mm. to New York. Maybe. And then she, when she gets to New York, she finds out like he's the mayor. Yeah. And then yeah. while she, while, and then while she's trying to like get to Fisk. Yeah. Daredevil's also <gasps> on the same path. Yes. And then they find out that like, oh, we're not enemies anymore. Yeah. Boom. Bada bing. Shabang. <laughs> Born again. You know what I yeah. mean? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, I fully agree with you. Yeah. 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 I think that's great. Um, yeah, time will tell. We have a year to go before it comes out next year, right? Yeah, twenty twenty-five. I hope it'll at least be more than ten episodes. Yeah, because they did mention recently, because of the strikes yeah, and everything. It will not. It will no longer. Well, eighteen is no longer confirmed. Or like something. it's not like oh, they're not sure. Yeah, yeah, they're not sure. But let's see. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> so suggested reading. Uh, a couple of these came from Patreon listener nice. supporter Andrew, because of course, biggest Daredevil fan I know Hell personally. Yeah. Um, so 1999's Daredevil Volume Two, particularly issues nine through sixteen, with writer, cover artist, and colorist David Mack at the helm, along with artist Joe Quesada and inker Jimmy Palmiotti. So the interesting thing, very quick fun fact: David Mack usually does art. Joe Quesada usually does writing. Mm-hmm. They flip flop. Joe Quesada is actually a, quite a renowned artist, but again, he's a very busy man. So it was it was earlier in in the game, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, but I will also additionally advocate for David Mack's Daredevil issues in 2003. This is four years after, which are issues 51 through 55. And I think that if anybody wants to get a real sense of how Echo's origin went in the comics, those are the issues to read. And again, like David, it's interesting because when Joe Quesada drew it, it had a different vibe. But when David Mack took it on, felt very different, mm. very layered, very, very, I guess the word of the episode is nuanced. And so um, very be- beautiful and, and and visual, especially for, for a character like Maya, who is very much artistic. Um, and uh, number three, we have 2011's Moon Knight from the creative team of Powerhouse Goats, Brian Michael Bendis and Alex Maliv. Um, and this is, again, the interesting trio of of alters uh and their little romantic stint then there's 2023's marvel voices infinity comics so there's about i think five or six of them it's a very quick it's a vertical swipe fully Uh, vertical um comic book you can read it in probably 10 15 minutes flat um but it does kind of touch upon um big moments in Echo's life as well as her origin and a very modern day story at the very end. And then finally, 2023's Daredevil and Echo from creative team Taboo, B. Earl, and Phil Noto. Um, That is, I think, that is the most recent comic she is in. And it is the two of them teaming up together to to kind of um, get to the, (laughs) the... there's this thing called I think it's the demigoblin or demogoblin or something. It's like demogorgon. A, I know. I was like, is that demogorgon? But it is like a goblin-like creature. Um, 
And it's a very interesting storyline. Uh, it's a fast read, too. It's like five issues long or so, and it's great. So give it a whirl. That said, that's the end of the show. Woo! Uh, thanks for listening, guys. So next episode, February is coming up, and I generally get to pick whoever I want to cover because my birthday is next month. So <laughs> <laughs> because those are the rules, um, please join us as we take a Cosmic Rewind back to our Guardians of the Galaxy because we have not covered them all yet. And join us as we finally talk all things Drax the Destroyer. Drax! Drax! <laughs> <laughs> You like that rocket? Um, and of course, Madame Web comes out, uh, I think it was February 7, 14th, Valentine's 12th. Day. It's Valentine's weekend. Day. So we're gonna we're gonna let y'all go watch that first <laughs> before covering Madame Web uh, <laughs> later in the month. <laughs> Damn it. Can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. Also, related but not related, Sydney Sweeney is about to be on Hot Ones. So <laughs> I know. Get you some of that. I saw. Prepping. We're prepping for all the Spider-Verse stuff. It's great. Gosh. Um and finally, thank you to all our Patreon supporters and a special We Are Groot salute in particular to Robin, Ariel, Ashley, Ed, Sherry, Tyler, Melanie, Andrew, Eve, Chris, Andrea, Jenny, Nats, Katie, Joe, Liz, Laura, and Edgar. Woo! Follow us on social, S-T-R-K-C-N-T-R-S-T. And if you like what you hear, please review, rate, and subscribe. Do it. Do it. Do it. Once again, thanks for listening. We will catch y'all in the next one. See you later. Bye. Bye. Aren't you? No. But if you or anyone comes after me and my family, it'll be the last thing that you do. You have my word. You and I were the same. But weapons, when you're filled with rage, makes you blind.